Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. Heart from being weighed down. Keep your heart from being weighed down. Reading to you from the book of Luke, chapter number 21, verses 34 through 36. This is Jesus speaking. He says to us, But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the cares of this life. And that day come upon you unexpectedly. For it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. And in the daytime he was teaching in the temple, but at night he went out and stayed in the mountain called Olivet. Keep your heart from being weighed down. The Bible says that we will overcome the wicked one by the power of the name, the power of the blood, and by the word of our testimony. I know maybe some of you aren't ready to talk about it, but God has delivered a lot of people from so much. But if you'd like to, right here, right now, give glory to God for his help and his delivering power in your life, if you have overcome addiction, overcome alcohol, overcome drugs, or any substance, God helped you and you'd like to give God glory, I would invite you to stand right now. Just stand with me right now. Thank you, Lord. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for your witness. Maybe some of you looked around and saw people standing, and you just thought to yourself, I sure wish I could stand up. You stick with God. You stick with this Bible. You stick with this church. Next time, next year, you're going to be standing up. One year clean, one year sober. Amen. God will help you. He will deliver you. It may be a process. It may be a journey, but oh, it is so worth it. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Today is just not a service focused on those struggling with substance abuse, but a day for all of us to keep our minds to focus on the Lord. Church, never look down upon a sinner who is struggling Never look at them and think to yourself, I'm so glad I am not that way. You know, Jesus talks about that. He said, one day a Pharisee, a religious man, walked up into the temple, got real close to it, and began to call out and to chant all of his memorized scriptures before the Lord. But there was one man, a publican, a criminal, somebody who was very shrewd. He stood in the very back, and he hit himself, struck himself, And he said, Lord, I'm a sinner. I've got so much sin in my life. I'm not even worthy to be here. And Jesus said the prayers of that sinful man were more justified than the religious man. You know, the religious man looked back and said, Lord, I thank you that I'm not so sinful like that man. You know, we tend to do that, all of us. We tend to prop ourselves up. 
and to talk good about ourselves. And we want you to have a good resume and we want you to have a good report. But understand this, in the presence of the Lord, when you really get near him, it's not the time to feel great about yourself. (laughs) You want to know when you're really doing good, when you start feeling bad about yourself. You get up here at the altar call and you start feeling good about yourself, you're doing it wrong. But when you can't even stand because you're miserable with yourself and you can't even move as it were, but you get humble, that's when the miracles will start happening. Amen. Maybe God is just waiting on you to get a little humble and as it were, strike yourself and say, I can't make it without God. I've tried it on myself, all my own. I've got sin in my life. I'm not perfect, but I'm here reaching for the perfect one. And through his perfection, I can make it. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Luke 21 is about the last days, the things that would precede the return of the Lord, that would precede the catching away of the church and the judgment that was to come. I just want to give a disclaimer today. We do preach abstinence from substances. But understand this. The Bible says in Proverbs 31, give him who is on his deathbed something to drink. And in even 1 Timothy chapter 5, it says a little wine for a digestive ailment. Understand this, for those that are terminally ill in this church, we believe there is room for you to recover comfortably, okay? Somebody on their deathbed, I believe they should be able to be as comfortable as they can in that season and time of their life. But for those of us that are alive, that work jobs, got marriages, got families, got life to live here in the earth, You want to make it? You want to be ready for the return of the Lord? It is going to take a sober mind to be ready. As we get closer and closer to the coming of the Lord, you're going to have to have all of the brain power that you can accomplish to achieve the blessings of the Lord. And for the revival that we have had, that we're having right now, and the future revival that's coming, amen, we need all of your brain waves. We need all of your brain activity. That's why Jesus has commanded us to be sober. Because the enemy goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And I've come to call out to somebody that it's time for the Lord to sharpen up your brain. If you could start getting your thought life right, amen. Watch Satan run away with his tail tucked between his legs because you started winning the battle between your mind. Hallelujah. Oh, God will help you sharpen up. Praise God. Jesus said, my people are going to look on this world and see the things happening to it. If they're not careful, taking heed to themselves, meaning pay attention to yourself. Don't look at so much of what you see and what you experience, but rather look inwardly. That's how you get right with the Lord. You want to know how people walk with God? We can stay focused on ourselves, judging ourselves, examining ourselves, knowing which way to go, which way not to go, knowing what to listen to and not to listen to, developing our own convictions and developing our own relationship with God and knowing how to stay on that righteous path because we take heed to ourselves, paying attention to our struggles and not going near that, paying attention to what we like and what we don't like, paying attention to the seasons in life when we're spiritual and not spiritual, realizing when there may be hurts, maybe around the holidays of unresolved issues. It's time to get those issues resolved. That's taking heed 
to yourself. And if we don't take heed to ourselves, the Lord said, you are going to be weighed down with carousing. You'll be weighed down with drunkenness. You'll be weighed down with the cares of this life. Jesus said these things. New Testament. As the coming of the Lord draws near, his people would be tempted to do three things. Carousing. That means get involved in big parties where there's intoxication. Get involved in drunkenness like as a solitary enjoyment. The constant state of intoxication or getting swept up in the cares of this life. And what that is is carnal things, sinful things that distract us from God and for eternity with him and being overcome and burdened by this present life. I love the words of the Lord. He speaks to us here today. He says, don't be weighed down with carousing. Don't be weighed down with drunkenness. Don't be weighed down with the cares of this life. That's what the Lord says. But this world says, have a drink, take a load off, right? That's the phrase. You're feeling low? Have this and you will feel and get high, right? That's what the world does. That's the lies of Satan offering a temporary relief. But if you look closely at your life involved in carousing, drunkenness, swept up with the cares of this world, that temporary relief causes your problems to get bigger. You know, drink your sorrows away, they say. And you get into that and the disparity keeps on increasing and the sorrows keep on increasing and it becomes a vicious cycle. You get swept up into this world, stressed out about this, worried about this, keeping this world in your focus and not accomplishing more. But I've come to tell you, I don't care how full your calendar, your action items are. If you will keep your mind on the kingdom of heaven, God will help you get the work done that you need to get done. Hallelujah. Focus on the cares of heaven and watch your life become amazing. I believe that when Jesus turned the water pots of water into wine, he did not turn them into grape juice or strawberry soda. The Bible says wine. Or where some of my family's from in Arkansas, wine, right? There are places like that in the Bible. But understand this, times and seasons cause the Holy Ghost to speak to us in different ways that he did not speak to the forefathers about. Pentecostal preachers in the late 1800s and the early 1900s looked across this country and saw what was called social drinking, not very social anymore. Instead, it was spiritual destruction. Nobody was taking a load off, but people were taking their life away from God. They were not using wisdom with this. And the Pentecostal preachers stood up and preached against alcohol. And we brought the message of abstinence. And you know what? Our men started working again. Our women started loving their husbands. The husbands and wives started taking care of their children. It was amazing what God did in church people when we got our minds sober. And for that reason today, because we have seen the effects of a sober life, what it has done, we preach here today, keep your mind clear, keep your heart right, 
live a sober life, and watch your life become amazing. Can you say praise the Lord? Amen. If you're struggling with substance abuse today, this sober October, it can be a long process, but let me tell you a good way to get the ball rolling in your life. Jesus said to overcome these things as a church in the last days, which we are in. He said, watch. Don't look down, keep your head up. And look upon the world and decipher, is what I'm doing making my world and my life better? Keep an eye on your surrounding. If you will just start watching Maybe prayer isn't the thing for you. Maybe you're not ready to get into the baptism take yet. Maybe you're not ready to come down here and pray. Why don't you just start watching? Even here today in this service, I saw it up here today and what I heard. Man, if you weren't a believer walking in and hearing all of those people talking in tongues and all of this praise and worship just watching, that would convince me there is something real here in this house. I... <laughs> You ever seen the way people act at Arrowhead? Go Chiefs. You know what they do at Arrowhead? Jump. Shout. Scream. I don't know about any holy rolling, but I've seen a few folks lose their step and go toppling down the stairs. They're hugging, they're chanting. And are they doing it for no reason? No, they're doing it because we got a great football team. We like to see him win. And the excitement that we feel here in the church, Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, all of the days of the week, we're celebrating wins, celebrating accomplishments. It's not imaginary, but when you taste it and when you see it and when you get a hold of it, you'll want to celebrate it too. And the God of heaven who has won wants to let you win and share his victory with you. And your win to have a sober mind is close today. Can you clap your hands unto the Lord? Hallelujah. Oh, we're celebrating wins with God. Watch. Watch the church. Watch the patterns of this world and the lives of the apostolic church, the blessings of the Lord that we have the family values that we have, the things that we have that this world envies. We have them because we said we're not going to please our flesh anymore. We're not going to be deceived by the devil in this world anymore. It may not be as cool. It may not be as awesome. Matter of fact, it may be a little boring at times. And I'm sure no one his family felt like that on that ark. But I'd rather be in a stinky ark than out there drowning in the flood. I'd rather survive and live another day than be out there with that. And here in the church of the living God, it can feel like an ark sometimes. It can feel like we're floating around. It can feel like a bunch of animals in here. It can feel like we're not going anywhere. But we trust the hand of the Lord to guide the church through the days of darkness and to guide this church during the time of judgment. And the day is going to come as it were. The door is going to open and we're going to walk out, not here in this earth, but we're going to walk out into heaven and to spend all eternity with him. Hallelujah. Stay with the church. Stay with the law of God. Stay with righteousness. Keep your mind sober. That's how you're going to keep your heart from being weighed down. Praise the Lord. Your addiction is not lifting you up. It's pressing you down. 
Your concern with this world is not lifting you up. It is pressing you down. But you can start watching your way out of a pit. You can start watching your way out of a trouble. Hey, man, it's time to open up your eyes and to see the light and to smell the coffee. This world is going to hell, but the church is going to heaven. And if you can get involved in the church, you're invited to go into heaven with us. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Mm. Mm. I've got a family member. Maybe someday he'll testify about it to this church. It's not from around here. He posted on social media yesterday that he has been seven years sober. <laughs> and for some of you, you may have some of that in your relatives, your family. It's so special with anybody who gets deliverance and has a testimony but it's extra special for somebody that you're related to, that you share a family name with, that you have experiences with, and you see how much their life is improving. It is all the more special. And this family member told me his story a few years ago. He'd battled with alcohol and drugs for most of his adult life. And he said in October, seven years ago, he said he was on a real bender. When he testifies about it, tells the story, he says this obsession would come upon him. And he thought, I'm just going to go down to the local bar, have two drinks, and get that obsession off of me. But he said two drinks would turn into two weeks of nonstop drinking. He said one time he was on a real bender. He was asleep in his car. He said in the most violent part of town, the worst part of town, he was there sleeping it off. He said, I was in a dangerous place. He said, matter of fact, I was in danger because the part of town I was in, me sleeping off that bender drew too much attention to the sales and the traffic going on there. If you catch my drift. He said, while I was asleep, a knock came on my window. He said, the knock was so loud, it woke me right up and I sat up and he said, I looked in the window and looked in the face of this man, a man who he had never seen before. And this man looked right up at him, and he said to him, Sober up, wake up, and get out of here right now. Your life is in danger. And when he looked at that man, that man disappeared right before his very eyes. All of a sudden, the high was gone. The drunk was gone, sobered right up. Let me tell you, the power of God will do that to you, praise the Lord. It's real. And he said there in that moment, in just a split second, God revealed to him, how he was going to defeat this. I thank God for every program out there. We've got them. They're helpful. But some programs out there have turned into like a racket, and they're not truly helping people. He tried this and this and this, and finally it took a supernatural experience from God to wake him up, and the revelation of the Lord came to him exactly how he could defeat this in his way, and he is here now seven years sober. Praise the Lord. That's God. I remember one brother in discipleship class a few years ago came in and was feeling good, if you know what I mean. Sat through discipleship class. We started talking about baptism. And I told this man, well, the class, I said, baptism was the first thing Jesus did to begin his ministry. And one of the last things he talked about, 
and it is stressed and overemphasized over and over and over in the Bible. It's not just something to celebrate and take pictures with. It is not just a public declaration of a private faith. But the Bible says, be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins. Maybe you say remission. That's usually a word we associate with cancer. Cancer is in remission. And that happens, and it can happen here today, praise the Lord. You think of sin to be like a cancer, eating away at your soul, destroying, as it were, the cell and the godly makeup of your inner person, eating away at you. Baptism right there is the spiritual chemotherapy, amen, or the natural remedies or whatever to start eating away at your sin. And I watched this brother I was standing back there as he was giggling because he was feeling good on whatever he was making him feel good as he got into that water. And I watched as that man started getting sober being there at that water. I saw the glory of God fall upon his countenance. He went down in Jesus' name, came up in Jesus' name, and the high was supernaturally gone. He got filled with the Holy Ghost right there in the tank. That is the power of God taking the weight off of your heart. That is the power of God removing addictions and removing the cares of this life off of your mind, off of your soul, off of everything. And the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, you think it's stressful now? Oh, it's about to get really stressful. Jesus said in Luke 21, that the days of false messiahs are going to arise. It seems like every day, every week, something new is coming out about this new Bible doctrine. They're teaching it, they're preaching it, that God is not one, but he's two, he's three, he's many, he's this or that. Some false teaching disproving the Bible here and there. My friends, do not be ignorant of the spirit of error out there, but stick with the real God, the real Jesus, the real truth. That's how you're going to make it. Persecution's going to come. Wars are going to arise. Commotion. Nation rising up against other nations. Kingdom against kingdom. Earthquakes, famines, pestilence. Fearful signs. Great signs from the heaven. Jerusalem will be surrounded by armies. There's going to be magnificent signs in the sun and the moon and in the stars. Distress of nations. Perplexity. The seas and the waves roaring. Men's hearts failing them for fear. The powers of heaven are going to be shaken. You read the news I did this morning. I saw persecution. I saw wars. I saw commotion. I'm seeing nation rising up against nation. I see people making plans, trying to just surround Jerusalem with their armies. I'm seeing fearful things in the sky. I'm hearing about famines. I'm hearing about pestilence. I'm hearing about distress of nations. And have those things been happening since Jesus spoke this? Yes. Has he come back yet? No. But the thing is, all of these things are happening at the very same time. And it's God's way of putting up a sign to be watchful and say, do you hear of famines? I'm coming back. Do you hear about pestilence? I'm coming back. Do you see wars? I'm coming back. Do you see them coming against Israel? I'm coming back. Do you see crazy things up in the sky? I'm coming back. 
Just a few months ago, I got out of the car late at night. My son Cohen was with me, and I looked up in the sky, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, it's a UFO. I saw a light appear coming right towards me. I saw a second one and a third one and a fourth and a fifth and a sixth, and finally 12 lights coming by. And I'm like, I'm ready, Lord. Take me now. And then I got to looking at it, and I'm like, wait a minute. That's Elon Musk. That's his Starlink here. What about I'm just You know what that is? God is saying, you're going to start seeing weird things up in the sky. And it doesn't matter if it's a solar eclipse, which happened, by the way, yesterday, a lunar eclipse or an exploding star or a this or that or satellites or UFOs, whatever. Look up in the sky every night. I've been doing it. You're going to start seeing weird and unusual things in the sky. You know what that is? It's God's way of saying, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Get sober. Don't be carousing. Don't be drinking. Don't get too careful in this life, but keep your eyes upon the heaven because one day he is going to come back in the clouds. And for those of us that are ready, he's going to take us all to heaven to be with him. Amen. Let's all stand. Praise God. If you don't read the news, God bless you. You're probably happier. But for those of us who can't help ourselves, I thank God relatively here in Kansas City and the surrounding areas, we've got peace. If you're able to get in your car, go get some lunch and get home without gunfire, you're in a good spot. Come on, somebody. Israel right now, they speak peace to each other. They say, shalom, shalom. Because they want it and they're believing God for it. Their nation has been controversial ever since it was reborn. Ezekiel in the Bible, he foresaw it. It says, they'll say to them, thus saith the Lord God, surely I will take the children of Israel from the nations wherever they have gone. I will gather them from every side and bring them into their own land. I will make them one nation in that land. On the mountains of Israel, one king shall be king over them all. Later in the prophecy, it talks about the enemies that will arise against Israel, but the Lord will supernaturally give them aid and deliver them from all of them. Israel has a promise from God. He gave it to Abraham. God said, I'm going to make your name great, your descendants great. I'm going to give you a great land right here in Israel. And he said, anybody who blesses you, I'm going to bless them. And anybody who curses you, I'm going to curse them. And the Lord made an agreement with Abraham, not with a pen and paper, nothing like that. The Bible says God swore upon himself, meaning God said, if my plan, this covenant that I'm making with you doesn't come to pass, I've got to pay a price, meaning I'm no longer going to be God anymore. I'm going to have to walk out of heaven and walk away from my throne. And I believe Satan heard God say that and heard that promise. That is why Satan fights against Israel. It is to make God a liar and his covenants of no worth. But the word of the Lord will stand forever. Forever. Jesus said it. In this book, no word will pass away, not even the punctuation points. Jesus said, watch. You want to see the work of God? Start watching Israel. Since their state was reborn in 1948, Every war that they have had, supernaturally things have happened. I've read about them. Fifty years ago, that 1973 war, there are reports 
They were so outnumbered. But they said supernaturally they looked up and they saw men coming down in what looked like parachutes and all of their enemies from Egypt and all of the nations round about fled away because this army from heaven appeared out of nowhere. And that is going to happen again. It's going to happen again. Amos prophesied that fire is going to be sent on the walls of Gaza and destroy their palaces. We may very well be about to see that prophecy fulfilled. Don't be afraid. Jesus said, when you see these things, I'm coming back from my church. And if Israel can be passionate about their land and passionate about their city, Jerusalem, how much more so can the Oneness Apostolic Church be passionate about our land in heaven and about the holy new Jerusalem that we're going to? That's why I never quit the fight, church. Never give up. Never go back. Never backslide. Never become spiritually discouraged, but stay encouraged for the Lord is coming back. Keep your eyes open. Keep praying. Stick with the apostolic church. Amen. You'll have all of eternity to be glad that you did. I wonder if there's anybody here today, your heart is being weighed down and you'd like to get the weight off of that soul today. The altar call is for you today. For anybody that's looking for peace today, peace is yours today. For anybody, amen, that's excited about heaven and you want to get a fresh vision today, this altar call is for you. I open it up right now for anybody that is open for the Lord. I open it up anybody right now who wants, amen, a miracle in their life. I don't care if you're spiritual. I don't care if you're religious. I don't care if you're a sinner. The altar call is for you. There's nobody great in his presence today. But little old us get to come into the greatness of Almighty God. Hallelujah. If you're looking for deliverance, the altar call is for you today. If you've got demons in your life, come to the altar call today. If you've got darkness in your life, come to the altar call here today. Hallelujah. Your mind is going to be sharpened here today. Come on. Your soul is going to be renewed today. Hallelujah. Deliverance is yours today. Get a hold of God today. Get a hold of the Lord today. He's right here. He is right here. Hallelujah. Come on, where's that energy that we had in worship service? Hallelujah. Come on, praise the Lord together. Call upon the Lord together. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's right. I got somebody up here about to break through right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Breakthrough is coming to you right now, sir. Hallelujah. Amen. Those tears are coming from God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pain is escaping your mind. Hallelujah. The Lord is refreshing you right now, sir. Hallelujah. The real God is here. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.